0: There is no there's no wall dividing spiritual life and life. <laughs> there's no there's no okay on this day only we do things and then every other day we can just do whatever we want. There is a it's there's an inseparable expression of the spiritual essence of life. The expat spiritual movement being implanted here because Bali is inherently spiritual. Ubud is the heart of the island. It's always been <laughs> saying that the arts and the culture is Ubud. And then people came in and created businesses that weren't native to here, but brought another element to it and energized another frequency. Ecstatic dance has a very distinct sound. Yes. This is ecstatic dance. And you can take this to, to other things. This is what it is. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and so people start to they they start to contain what was once a free expression to make it sound, because there's a formula to get people into these states. It's very, very easy to duplicate the formula.
1: Yo, sit down, let's dig into your spiritual ego. Think you're looking fly, white linen kimono. Got your yoni egg in. I think you're ready. Yeah, it's time for ubudan tea. put the sign does that mean we're live we're on air
2: we are now on air live Oh Wow Wow. signs on and now I can just get rid of the sign because it's kind of annoying Um, yeah so what I wanted to talk to you about is on Saturday there was a little get-together over at Tia's house
1: yeah I missed it I was on a little
2: trip in the mountains yes you were you were in nature (laughs) you told me about that maybe you could tell our people about it later probably on another episode but it it was really cool to hear Um, But I wanted to talk to you about the beautiful gathering that happened. You've been to Tia's house before. And she had tea, because her name's Tia, fruit. There was a dinner, and there was beautiful music there. And at one point, Pavan was there. Mm -hmm. It was like, it became like Hanuman esque acharya was playing acharya did the dj set it was amazing if you guys don't know who alex acharya is the acharya effect is amazing but the moment where i got to shine mm-hmm. was kia Ki came into the house mm. and there was music playing a lot of hand hang drum
1: Ki, kia who makes these beautiful kimonos
2: exactly and she was on fire she was just like freestyling and really just like being loud and going off and created like a space for me to do it which was fun and at the same time it didn't feel more than play it was play and then Haley Carr grabbed the guitar and started singing this song about the ancient ancient ancestors mm-hmm. and I was just trying to hear her voice and I felt into it and she, there was a moment where she looked at me and it was like boom and I got this opportunity to Freestyle and it didn't even feel like rap or like poetry, it just felt like I was like sharing a download about how the past is actually the technology that we are looking for in the future. It was such a beautiful moment, mm. yeah. It was really powerful,
1: yeah. And I've um, I've seen how you got more and more comfortable freestyling and going uh improv style at those artistic events, and that's that's like uh inspiring.
2: Thank you. Inspiring. I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that we, like, because of the guest that we have on
0: mm. today,
2: because um, I look at him and I'm like, whoa, that guy is so smooth with mm. the microphone. He's so good. Camao, yeah, yeah, he's so good with the microphone.
1: A- actually, it's interesting. With Kiaki, mm-hmm.
2: uh, about maybe a year and a
1: half ago, I went to a workshop on poetry with Kamao. Yeah. Uh-huh. And yeah, really unlocked uh, a part of my creativity, which is writing poems. And since then, I've, I've started, not so consistently, but sometimes writing poetry. And, um, and it's been something about creativity that I feel Ubud has allowed me to do, whether it's with music, whether it's with comedy improv and freestyle and poetry, is that there's a lot of people here that really inspire me to get into my creative side well, you know, I come from business school and in the Matrix world, I wasn't mm-hmm. so, so creative. And, and, um, and so I had that with Kiyaki and Kamao a year and a half ago. I just remember uh, you tell me about it, that um, poetry workshop. That was, uh, that was uh, really cool.
2: Yeah. Yeah yeah awesome awesome i also did a course with kamao and the reason i did the course with kamao is because i see that he's all over the place doing things like he's mm. doing things like we're doing things mm. like ubud on tea is us doing things he's doing
1: a lot of things here in that beautiful dragon tea temple
2: at the bra- at the beautiful dragon tea temple where we're at today yes I've, i was i actually got a really cool opportunity a couple of weeks ago it was our friend um abria had his activation, it's his favorite word, activation. Mm. And he asked for us to come in and Pal was performing there and asked for myself and come and out to come and like step on the mic and do a little bit of poetry and freestyling and stuff like that. It was really, really cool. And I agree with you about Ubud. There's something about this place where you have a quality of artistic energy and because of the artistic energy, you have a quality of artist that's mm. very high. Yeah. Yet there is, um, there is like this availability and this yeah like people can just step on stage even if they don't have experience mm. like there's the barrier entry is not very big yeah. but as soon as you get in the escalation of level gets high fast mm. and it's really cool because if you're around people it's like that idea of the five people who you spend the most time yeah. with well like because it's a small town but it but it doesn't feel like a small yeah. town you get to spend with real time with really powerful really talented mm. skillful people that are coming from the heart so they're like yeah. letting you in
1: exactly they're like encouraging yes because you you can be in a group of friends where when you try to start something it's not very encouraging yeah and it's good to have that that vibe here
2: yeah totally I vibe with that and you're actually one of those people for me like I was at your house bonfires going you get the guitar out and you're like come on Lawrence let's hear it and I'm like and then I just go and that's when I one of the things is I learned like it's kind of like comedy improv that we talk about sometimes sometimes the best is not to be prepared just show up Hmm. and just go yeah especially if you're encouraged and you're in a safe space Ubu is is like that. I mean,
1: that's the vibe vibe we give a bit to our podcasts too, right? It's like we have a certain level of preparation, but we want to make them more flowy and that's like the the script than uh, some of the usual podcasts. The more we
2: prepare, the better it goes. That's what I would say. Mm. But yeah, I agree with you. We're looking for the flow and then we get the structure from Mm. the uh, Alex Lamber, Mm. the banks to the river. Yeah. Yeah, I think we're ready to bring our guest on. I'm feeling, I'm feeling it. So, for those of you at home and in the crowd, this man has inspired me over the last ten years. But I'd say, like honestly, mostly the last year because I spent, I've been marinating in Ubud. he is so many things and i'm not going to introduce him by any one things because identity is something that i look mm-hmm. and i like to diffuse when i when i speak about him and i learn about identity and how to create it from him too so well dressed as always styling as always smooth as always please come out join us at the tea table please <laughs> <Yeah.
0: laughs> welcome welcome
2: welcome
1: welcome Kamau. feeling welcomed
2: peace and malam <laughs> I, I know
1: you love uh, a good tea, so this is uh, Shou Puerh. and Shou Puerh, So Pu'er it comes from Yunnan, a province in China. This one's called again my notes, Mystic River. It comes from a, an ancient tree. It's from two thousand hmm. and nine, uh, and it's quite has quite um, uh, a strong, rich liquor hmm. and because uh, it's also a fermented tea. You can feel it's like it's got that kind of f- from old trees, you know. You can feel, mm. 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 and so we're here drinking some tea in the beautiful dragon tea temple next to Zest. They have those amazing, delicious tea, we serve all those beautiful tea tables with dragons are oh, beautiful are they?
2: this is not a paid
1: advertisement
0: no but you can, <laughs> you
1: can buy them on the link ubudhomtea.com
0: and the really cool thing that i always appreciate about these is that they have the I Ching hexagrams mm. on these tea placements mm. <laughs> placement holders the tea plate if you want to call it and um yeah i like this one this 15th hexagram so if you turn the flip side, and you can see 24, twenty-four. So each of them have a meaning. So twenty-four inner truth, fifteen modesty. What you got? Or you, you have? The, you don't have. have, don't have, so one you, have you got them all. Oh, They're all seconds. on here, right? All sixty-four. So cool. Okay, you you probably don't
1: have modesty.
0: <laughs> you're the, big, you're the big <laughs> you're book of look the <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't look
2: like modesty. That was um, unexpected. Mm. We actually spoke about being able to take a moment and see like energetically what has been gifted to us Mm. by the the gods so to speak and you just were like 24 15 Mm. it's amazing very cool
0: Mm. how y'all
2: doing today
1: Mm. today?
2: i mean i'm good i'm i'm this is our third podcast like Mm. the third interview that we're doing back to back to back so it's a lot of tea in the system
0: right now yeah so it's just constant runs to the to the bathroom huh no, I know how to preserve, <laughs> I know how to gather
2: and to It's small transmute. cups,
1: it's not so much liquid, but it's a lot of, um, it's like a beautiful energy because good tea, but it's also stimulant, so we're definitely high on tea. Cool. But I find that those good teas, they, they have a, a stimulating effect, but it doesn't make me anxious like coffee or like overstimulated i feel like a certain sharpness and clarity of mind so it's actually perfect for recording three podcasts in one day yeah keep flowing keep flowing and yeah i mean tea has been taking over ubud i feel in the past year yeah cacao is like what, what happened yeah <laughs> <laughs> you can see you can yeah. see it used to be kirtans <laughs> run cacao and now kirtans they are here <laughs> with with tea right right <laughs> And I feel, yeah, the tea culture has been taking over Ubud. I think that place, Dragon Tea Temple, um, definitely helped with that. There's a lot of very beautiful events here. Actually, that's a first question for you, Kamau. I know you do a lot of events in that beautiful space, Dragon Tea Temple. And um, you're also someone who goes to the next level of creativity, combining different practices. So, like, do you feel this place has taken creativity who boots creativity to the next level and if it's inspired you also to go to the next level in terms of what you offer
0: um, well a couple things with that um, one I don't do a lot of events here uh, but I share in other friends events and and you know, and I've spent a lot of time in just in Bali, not only Uber, just in Bali in general. And there was a period of a long time ago where I just had to stop going to events because every event I go to, I couldn't even just sit back and watch. People be like, "Come on stage!" I'd be like, "Man, I'm just chilling tonight, man," <laughs> and I just chill. Um, but now that that energy is is vibrant and alive again, you know, and I want to be supportive to, of all the friends who are doing this this great stuff and this great work. Um, and to be able to show up and to you know share the mic is it's no problem. Mm. Now if it keeps happening, then I'm be like, all right, y'all, uh, I'm at the house tonight. <laughs> mm. <laughs> but right now it's great because there's been such a a gap in in an actual venue that supports you know new uh, new ways of expressing what has already been here. You know, because that's all we're doing. We're just expressing what has been in just different ways and newer ways. So. Um, the fact that Dragon Tea Temple has roots with the tea as its focus, and the tea gathers people together for good conversations, stimulating um, thought patterns and expressions, um, it's intimate so it allows for a level of focus, which you don't mm-hmm. find in a lot of venues. Um so, so yeah, it cater- for, for example I've been also
1: to your events at cafe mm-hmm. It's a very different energy because people are having food and it's it's spread around so sure. it has more that yeah cafe energy while here you get more of the more of the focus well, okay, not that focus, cafe
0: doesn't get focused because ultimately i you know i bring the focus uh just a different people you step into here already with a certain there's a certain elegance that's present mm-hmm. so it's a level of respect that you just walk in with because the way it's set up there's a lot of traditional elements in this space Mm. you find I mean the I Ching is right here on the wall you have all this beautiful tea that's coming from China that has been cultivated and people who love the the art of tea have put a lot of time and effort into it Uh, you have the bonsai over here so you have Japanese Mm. elements to it there's a lot of refinement in the space so when you step into it you you want to be in alignment with that so you um, are more conscious of what you're doing and, and hopefully what you're saying and you know that's the that's what I feel the intent is with mm. this space and so when uh offerings are being presented in here they have to be in alignment with that mm. and um you know the folks folks who established this spot know know what's up so the people who have been offering things have been really potent yeah. so I have no mm-hmm. I have no um issue with sharing mm. yeah
1: Can can i ask you for for you also lorenz like do you feel this space for you personally has changed your life in Ubud? for
2: sure for sure i I remember when it first opened i was kind of like stepping back i was like just watching everything that was happening here and i wasn't jumping in it just felt like too new and too trendy and i think the first time i was ever here was for a kirtan I think the, you were at that Kirtan yeah, too. Yeah. And I sat down and I was like, Yeah, Lina was there Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was, um, forget that. Jeremy. Jeremy's yeah. Kirtan. But it was such a beautiful experience. And it was a completely different Kirtan than I'd ever been to. I think the tea, obviously, the offering. And then I went to that Blue Lotus event. Oof. Anyhow, this is a place, like Kamal says, that has elegance, has style, and it's sexy. And What it brought up for me when you were speaking is the guys are opening one in Chengdu, And right now the association is so strongly Ubudian. So I think of this place and I think of this is something that it's a jewel that Ubud has, per se. Um, As we're talking about consciousness and art, like being able to be spread on a high level all over the world, do you feel like this place is going to be able... like? What's it gonna be like in Chengdu? Do you think there's gonna be a different vibe? Do you think it's gonna have the same intimate? Do you think it's still gonna have the same elegance? Um,
0: well, sure. I mean, Chengdu is a different energy. And when you have a certain aesthetic that you commit to, doesn't matter where you put it. Mm-hmm. It's gonna attract the people who are in alignment with, mm-hmm. with that energy. And I'm always one to look at these different areas and i'm not wanting to be like playing the stereotypes of the area mm-hmm. because when i go somewhere i'm going to meet people who are in alignment with what i'm dealing with and they're everywhere and so in changu when i go to changu i'm not like meeting up with people who are whose focus is just on you know drinking bint- bintangs every night i'm not meeting them i'm meeting focused people people who are about it just like people who are about it up here you know um i didn't my path in learning and spirituality wasn't in ubud (laughs) i was on this long before Ubud. you know i don't come from like i didn't hear about burning man until i came to ubud i grew up in san francisco wow you know but i grew up i grew up in filmo i didn't grow up in wherever burning man people hang out Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. so my spirituality is grounded spirituality it's not something that's separate from the people it's something that can navigate within any environment and in fact has a a connection to go into these particular places to activate people who are in those environments in order to radiate out a new frequency there. You feel what I'm saying? So if this place opens there, that's beautiful because elegance sure can be used in certain areas, more areas than others, you know, so. I don't see why not it would be just as successful. And the people who are living down there will bring that energy and the refinement of that energy mm-hmm. and, you know, of Changu and bring it to that space. So let me talk. Awesome.
2: Mm-hmm. Really well said. I want to go deeper into your spiritual journey because that inspires me. But before we do that, since the conversation is not what, what Ubud isn't, what has Ubud infused you with? Well,
0: this place has been an assignment, felt like an assignment for me always, right? Because, trust me, I've tried to leave quite a few times. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And, And a couple times things happened that prevented me from leaving. And the one time I actually made it out and then something happened that brought me right back. Yeah, Mama Valley doesn't let you leave that easily. Well, it depends who you are and what you're offering. Right. Because it'll kick you right out. I've seen a lot of people just like, nah, get up out of here. Mm -hmm. Body be like, Mm -hmm. get up out. Right. So but for me personally, just the element that I bring to the table is in harmony with what it was bringing for me, which was the the allowance to step deeper into just what my purpose is and what my purpose is, is related a lot to to harmony and balance and bringing that to whatever space I enter. And so uh, as so much and I was here before the, the spiritual movement and when I say spiritual, I mean the, the ex spiritual movement being implanted here because Bali is inherently spiritual. Ubud is the heart of the island. It's always been <laughs> I'm saying that the arts and the culture is Ubud. And then people came in and created businesses that weren't native to here but brought another element to it and energized another frequency which is connected with medicine, which is what Ubud is about, right? So what it means, it's medicine. Mm -hmm. So anybody who is in alignment with the energy of providing healing and transformation and the rebalancing of one's own energy field and bringing bringing that back out into the world, they're gonna be attracted to Ubud. That's why it attracts so many people for healing, right?
1: And and so it's the name, right? Ubud, it comes from Obad, I think, which means medicine
0: Medicine. in Yeah. Yeah. So um, it's provided me an opportunity to meet people from all over the world who are engaging in the healing arts practices. And when I say all over the world, I literally mean that. Like I have friends on every continent. I can go to any continent mm-hmm. and, and meet folks who will be like, oh, what's up, what's up? Which is a blessing, you know, and it's, it's such a rare for, for the majority of people in the world. So uh, Ubud is very much special in, in that way of people really Wherever they're at in that process, they're in that process of transformation, mm-hmm. right? And that's yeah. one of the beauty things about it. And a lot of times people will, like we talk about ubu Changu, everybody's in the process. It's just when people come and base up in ubu, they're just committing a little bit further to that process and all the mess that it can bring up and all the healing that it can bring up. A lot of the new awarenesses that can emerge from being here.
1: And, and i feel that's a reality for um expats like us who came to ubud and and our with that maybe growth or spiritual uh, calling of ubud mm. and i guess in how ubud infused you there is that culture and i know you're also um really honoring the the balinese culture uh, here here in ubud so i would say in that ubud culture bring it back to what's more Balinese, like how has Balinese culture infused you?
0: Oh, it's like when I first came, I mean it's what drew me to to Bali. It's like there is no there's no wall dividing spiritual life and life. (laughs) There's no there's no okay, on this day only we do things. And then every other day we can just do whatever we want. Mm. There is a it's there's an inseparable expression of the spiritual essence of life I mean, mm-hmm. the principle of tree hit is about that about that na- that union of self and the divine self and the community self and nature which is inherent in every traditional culture all over the planet but it's still the foundation of this community on this island mm-hmm. whereas in so many places it's kind of you know been watered down filtered mm-hmm. away Uh, taken over go to
1: church on sunday but the rest of the week forget about it
0: sure sure so here is there's no there's a total honoring of it consistently Mm, consistently i mean some of the most open and and vibrant and naturally welcoming people i mean i haven't been everywhere but i've been a lot of places and, and i just don't see a duplicate of it anywhere and i mean authentically natural, it's like you could just meet someone from here and they'll be like, hey, what's up? How you doing? Where you from? Oh, come to my wedding. <laughs> <laughs> you feel me? It's like, all right, <laughs> and all of a sudden you're having a rich experience and so, um, and as it's gotten more tourists coming in, that, that dynamic has changed somewhat, but the essence is still there and you mm-hmm. feel it more when you get out of the, the um, kind of the, the zones and just go into the natural aspect. You can feel it really, really strong. And so um, that's because of that and coming here, you know, I arrived like 18 years ago, almost 18 years ago. And um, that was just prevalent everywhere. You know, it's just like, whoa, I've I've never experienced just just looking at the reverence of family, just how family is elevated, you know, to know that regardless of what happens in your life, you have a community that is got you. Mm -hmm. You know, it's you know, coming from um, America, I'll speak about America, I'm sure of other places too, but that's, it's crazy, you know, it's not It's not common. You know? So Bali, and I, and I feel that a lot of people, even if they aren't directly interacting with the, the Balinese community, still feel that vibration because it's just all over the island,
2: you know? Yeah. You've, I mean, 18 years, that is a lot. And I mean, I've been here over probably the last 12 years back and forth. So that's also a lot. There's probably been like all kinds of different waves between like the beginning of this, uh, Western spiritual movement that you've seen, start to take it over to, I mean, one of the things that I'm noticing a lot is like a lot of Russian people are here, that kind of stuff. How do you find that how that have those like infused Ubud or affected Ubud or affected the island? Have, have you felt that?
0: I mean, I feel it. I can't really speak to it from a like just a direct local standpoint. I'm not in their, you know, their community meetings talking about it, and I'm sure mm-hmm. it's happening. Uh, but I can feel it, and I can see it's you know we talk if we think of neo-colonialism, if we, you know, it's happened just throughout history. Things happen in a, in one place, and people migrate to other places. And because Bali is such a welcoming place. And relative to where a lot of people are coming from, the cost of living and having a high, quality, like high lifestyle is, is easier than where a lot of people are coming from. It's easy for people to come in and then just invite their friends and they just start creating their colony and not really connecting. Um, and because the money is needed for the local economy, then it's, you know, it's, it's just allowed to happen. And I don't see that as, as right or wrong. It's not about right or wrong. Though I do feel that there are ways to elevate this process, that it's not something that can be controlled. You know, it's like, um, but there is a way of allowing people who do come to Bali to be able to get the basic principles of just how things move here. You know, even down to the simplest things of understanding temple etiquette, temples everywhere. You know, there's offerings and things happening all the time. And a lot of people come from other places with their own cultural expressions and attitudes and just don't know local dynamics. And so they may not be trying to be offensive or something, but just being unaware and ignorant and so being offensive to something. So um, I feel that there are ways to, to bridge that gap where people have a greater understanding and can have a more conscious knowing of what has brought them here on an energetic level which is because there's such strong community here there's such the devotion to the unseen dynamics of life which infuses a a certain magnetism that has Mm -hmm. drawn people here Mm -hmm. so they can feel their spiritual life Mm -hmm. and they can make choices on which directions they want to move in relationship to that do they want to give energy to this aspect of their spirit to this aspect of your spirit, bring them together, explore something that was never allowed to explore because of wherever they were coming from. I mean, probably provides the whole spectrum of experience, all of it for one to expand and grow and to heal and move into the next phase of whatever they want to move into. Mm. right So if a person is, is um, coming in with a, let's say, a purely Capitalist mindset because they come here from the grind, the hustle of whatever city they came from. They come here on vacation. They discover that, oh, my goodness, I can get this here. Oh, my goodness. And they're not they can care less about Bali. They're just like, whoa, I can make a lot of money here. And then they dump some money and stuff and they buy some stuff. But they didn't integrate into the dynamics of Bali. Now, sure, regardless, it's going to be a learning experience. Whatever the difficulties they may come across on war, it's going to be a learning experience to learn from. Another way is to actually just take the time to learn, and then properly be able to offer to Bali. Because what do we see is really a core principle is offering. That's why there are offerings everywhere. Mm-hmm. You know, so people, a lot of people ask me, ah, I want to do some stuff here. Um, what do you think?" And they, they they often will come to me for advice on that. I just say, "Well, what do what do you have to offer? What's your offering? You know, what is?" What is it that you're providing to buy? And when I say offering, I don't mean like this is my offering to sell and do a workshop and mm-hmm. make money. I mean, what are you offering purely from the heart where you're expecting nothing in return for this offering? What is that? And if you're able to commit to that and to, to provide that and provide that for the totality of the island, not just a community of friends who are coming from some place that's not here. But what are you offering that's going to benefit the entirety of this place? And if a person is able to do that, I find Bali will say, thank you. Okay, and I'll start or Bali will start moving, Mm. moving stuff out the way to clear the path so you can do that offering to the highest ability.
2: I do, I do agree, and you mentioned Burning Man earlier, and I, I feel like in a modern economic structure, Bali has a lot of that energetics of Burning Man of a gift, so to speak, economy. Yeah, really, that's something that you brought up that I'm like, oh yeah. And you said energy. something
0: earlier, like, well, before I came and sat, about how Bali provides an opportunity for people who are just getting their their abilities going and mm-hmm. discovering where they're at and their creativity and expressing it provides a a safe space for people to have an audience and get feedback on what they want to do and, and what they're presenting and and learn from people who have been doing it for a while it definitely provides that which is another beautiful thing about this place um, and in that there is the the uplift of not only a person, but also the, the people who are receiving that, to be able to have, uh, in one in one night, someone who's first time ever doing something, and then right after then, someone who's doing it for forever, <laughs> forever yeah. in the same in the same energy, and everybody being supported is totally mm-hmm. beautiful, and that's also a rare thing.
1: Yeah, I, I feel they're quite advanced in many things that I didn't realize before, and that I'm learning to realize more and more. So you spoke, Lawrence, about that gift economy. Um, being into blockchain and cryptos i realized how they have a decentralized structure um, of like power here with the banjar system which is actually something uh, i think very advanced and that works probably better than the very hierarchical things we have in some of our western countries i also start to explore how temples are really technologies and it's not Mm -hmm. like i think there's a lot we don't understand, probably most of the Balinese don't understand, but like, the more I look into it, there's like, some very sophisticated technology with how the temples are built, how the old village are built, and um, how, where they're placed, and, and, sure. and it's not random that this island is so protected energetically. There's like, definitely something there that um, I'm getting more and more into. Even this weekend, I was on a, a land that we had with a community, And more around the Munduk area. And they have those wind turbines. And at first I thought, oh, that's weird. They're just making noise. And they say it's just for fun. But then I really connected with it. And it sounds almost like a DJ Redo kind of vibe. So I was like, oh, wow, there's like a frequency there. That's like kind of profound, even though I don't understand all of it. So I feel like the more I spend time here, uh, the more I get into that. Um, I feel like a, a, a big vortex also for me being more included in the Balinese culture, and in Indonesia in general, is learning the, the language. I'm curious, do you speak Indonesian or are you learning?
0: Indonesian, yeah. Okay.
1: Balinese, very, very much <laughs> yeah, I think I think, <laughs> to me, yeah, Indonesian <laughs> would be enough, let's say, of, uh, to create that bond, uh, even though here they also have the Balinese language. but
0: that, that a Sure, I mean, if you don't, if you plan on not traveling in Indonesia, then, then learn some that. Yeah. you know, I'm trying to up that aspect, but yeah, if you go into Indonesia, because, because all
1: the Balinese would speak course. Indonesian. And if, if they see a, a foreigner speaking Indonesian, I feel that's enough to really create that extra bond and that you don't really need the Balinese, but that creates that extra bond, so. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. you Very speak shown, a bit? You right? speak a bit Indonesian? Yeah. yeah. You too, Lawrence? Are you learning a syndicate? I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't say, you know, no, I, 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 I can Indo say. Indo with a Russian accent.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 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 the <little laughs> syndicate, the little <laughs> syndicate.
2: Yeah. I can definitely speak enough. Where um where, where the local, local people, people throw, throw back at me like a slingshot, slingshot and I'm like, like uh okay, I don't, don't know how
1: I mean. to respond anymore. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sayati That means I don't understand. Yeah, it's like in Rush in Russian yeah. the, the only thing I know is Yanyeg Baruparuski. you do it really well. The French accent really helps.
2: I'd love to hear out speak a little bit of Russian.
0: There you go. That's great. Uh, yeah, that's it. <laughs> it doesn't go further than that. Uh, but I mean, it's it's a great point. Just I mean, languages is bridges to culture. You know? Even if you know, just know a little bit, it just lets someone know that hey, someone is trying to connect. Mm-hmm. You know, and because English is so prevalent now, it's really easy not to. You know, it's really easy to just slip on in and and not connect
1: yeah let's say it if you live in ubud you and you're an expat you don't need to speak indonesian you can go pretty much everywhere in cafes and and you'll be fine
0: i mean in in bali now you can go just because i mean tourism is the dominant economy so you know everyone is speaking english now so it makes it a bit harder i get that but but what i
1: heard from yeah people speak well indonesian is like it creates a totally different relationship
0: sure that's that's my point to it it opens up the door to to be invited further. Because again, like so eighteen years ago you kinda had to. If you wanted to stay here, you had to learn some Indo or you would mm-hmm. constantly be like, huh, what? Uh 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 and then don't even try to get stuff done because with folks who just don't speak any English you're just gonna have all kinda stuff mm-hmm. going on. So um but over time um now there's so much English from everybody that it's it makes it more difficult. You have to make a conscious effort to connect. You have to make a conscious. And people like their comfort zones. I get it. People come from different places. They want to be around. What makes them comfortable? They're in a new place. Blah, 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 blah. Um, but part of the, which is somewhat lost, is that traveler mentality. That, that you know, when you base up somewhere, it's kinda, you can, it kind of diminishes a bit. When you travel, it's just like, man, I'm trying to see nobody where I'm from. I just left y'all. I don't want to come all the way across the world and see more of y'all. And they're all like, here. They're, <laughs> you feel me? So it's like, I mean, that's, that's cool again, but a lot of people are coming from, they're, they're traveling like this, like scared. You feel okay. me? So when they go to a place, they, they, they just want to surround themselves with people who are just doing the exact same thing. But mm-hmm. that's, that's not where the, the, the deeper growth lies. The deeper growth lies in putting yourself in situations that you haven't experienced. Mm-hmm. Being around people who you may never have met and then gaining the wisdom from those exchanges. You know, it's definitely not about not being around your folks. Of course, you're your folks, you wanna be around, but also expanding the spectrum of was our folks. Mm-hmm. I got folks from all over the world, right? All different levels of quote-unquote class, socio-economic backgrounds. I can go down to the, to the villages. I can go, you know, chilling with the, with the yogis, go over there with the, the surfers, over there with the hip-hop cats, sit here and drink tea with the tea folk do it all. And there's no reason why anyone can't do that, but they, it's just about making a conscious effort to do so.
1: You
2: know? I lived in Russia for six years and listening to you speak Russian was just like, it just brought this image of how rare it is to see an African descent person speaking Russian. Not that it doesn't happen, but it's rare. And it brought to mind how in this indonesian culture i assume and i could be wrong but i assume that seeing somebody of african descent is probably more rare for asian for south southeast asian people what's your experience of that especially because like a lot of the conversation that we have over in the west is like racism and, and things like that so just curious if you could speak on that sure
0: well i mean southeast asia is big and each country has an mm-hmm. experience like vietnam has no they've seen african-americans because the history of american gis going there right. so going through vietnam as a believe it's not a big you know, same in japan they've seen well it depends where you go in japan but um for the most part when i first came to bali it was a big shock for a lot of people you know like i was constantly being laughed at or huh. in, interact with like i was a, a character in a movie <laughs> 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 i mean Cause like morgan well, freeman huh <laughs> morgan freeman um uh, well, yeah. n- well no more of the yo man what's happening yeah yeah like, a yeah, caricature, caricature of, yeah. of what a, and yeah. it wasn't like and i was sensible enough to know that it wasn't coming from a place of disrespect but their reference point has just only been from movies you know and a lot of the movies coming at a certain period of time, particularly were coming in through the nineties and such, a lot of those me- movies had that 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 imagery being projected out. And so they're just trying to connect based on what they think I receive as a greeting.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And I would just respond like Apa Kabada. <laughs> 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 <bye>. But um <laughs> but and in the, in the initial stages of, of being here, you know, I understood that. But still, you know, it would add up, and you know, it would be like, damn, okay, um, there's a whole lot of mess going on around this, these parts. Right? And at the time, I didn't know that. I had no clue that uh, I would end up being here for so like, this long. Not at all. Like I, my process coming over here wasn't even like I moved here. It just was life was presenting new situations that were inviting me to step into and i would step into them and then just this uh, this amount of months became a year became two so on and so forth um but over time and really really rooting in that you know most people are coming from a a certain perspective that is just ignorance based on media that here's an opportunity actually to dispel a lot of those myths and a lot of the Mm. The reason of me staying for so long was because of the hip hop kids that were just getting into hip hop, really like really committed to wanting to learn specifically the dance. But um, DJs are starting to happen like the first hip hop club had opened when I arrived here down in Kuta. Um, So all that was just starting to jump off and I grew up in it. So I had some some something that I can offer them. Mm -hmm. Um, Say, okay, yeah, you guys are feeling that. But no, it's not like you see on MTV. Don't be over here just trying to. If you're trying to rap, just be like motherfucker, what's up? Nah, man, that ain't what it's about. What's in your heart? If that's what you, how you want to dance, you don't have to copy this person over here. How are you moving? You know. So, um, and within that, you can also bring what's coming from this land into your dance. So, like we were the first Mm -hmm. in this country to really fuse traditional hip-hop dance with, I mean, hip-hop dance with traditional dance. So like we got choreography words, b-boying and ketchup put together, you know? So um, that was, as that started to happen more and I just was in the community more and people started to know who I was and what I was offering, people just got more comfortable. You know? and, so, and then as recently over the last, I don't know, five years or so, there's been a lot of uh, people of African descent just traveling a lot and coming to Bali. So now it's like everybody's seeing people who have darker skin. So it's not a thing. Mm.
1: And, and, and actually, that relates to, um, we've talked about how Ubud and Bali, <laughs> we talk a lot about infusing today, yeah. infused yeah. you. But talking, t- talking about this, there's, like, you've brought also a lot to Bali and Ubud. And you talked about the hip hop culture. And you're also organizing the poetry nights. At Cafe, you're organizing here your very original events with your wife. Uh, you're a DJ. So, like, yeah, what, what's, what do
0: you feel Kamao has been bringing to Ubud
1: in all, all these years?
0: Well, it comes back to just balance, as I was saying in the beginning. I just provide balance. Mm-hmm. When things are too much of one thing, if I'm allowed to be in a space to, to share, and I'm going to provide what's missing or remind people of what other aspects mm-hmm. that are also there to be looked at so on us you know that may uh, rub people some people the wrong way you know and it's happened you know like especially ex- things like ecstatic dance where like oh my god they playing snoop dogg in ecstatic dance oh my god you had a backlash for that oh. bruh bro there's always something no matter what you do somebody's going to complain mm-hmm nobody there, you will not appeal to everybody and i learned that a long time ago. whatever there's always going to be somebody who's got an issue with it okay, As, that could be fun actually if you have a few other examples of things you well, did that triggered people
1: well i mean snoop dogg at ecstatic dance that's one
0: just we'll say it like this you know a lot of people again people are in different levels of their their spiritual journey their growth and expansion and if a person is still even though they may not be in a religious system but still if they have a religious mentality which means this is what i do to get this and i own this is the only thing that i do and they have a basic framework that this is what it is and anything outside of that framework it isn't if they have that then they're going to have an issue with something if that doesn't fit in their thing so if even though the principle of uh, just keeping on the ecstatic dance example if the principle of ecstatic dance is to open up and get people to, to raise their vibration and move into a, an ecstatic state. And there's many ecstatic states, not just that. And there are many different ways to get to that space. But if I think the only way to get there is uh, festival beats, boom, deep bass, um, Indian mantra singing in there, kirtan things, if that's my only framework for ecstatic dance and something like dance hall comes in, which maybe I'm not familiar with, then I'm going to have an issue to the degree that I'm comfortable with trying new things. And so, and not, this isn't a prevalent thing, no, but the unfortunate thing is, is that people who are triggered are often very loud. So it can be, you can have a hundred people in a room and two people get triggered. They're always the one who's going to go to complain. The loudest (laughs) voices. The loudest voices. Because a lot of people just have their time and then they go about their way. But if those two people do loud enough and you have someone who is really in a business mindset, then that person who is in the business mindset is going to listen to those two people mm-hmm. and not even hear the other people who silently appreciate. You know, So that's where you can get some, some conflicts. So, oh, um, if, if
1: they're good business people, that know that a little bit of polarity can actually be good for their
0: business. Well, it's great for them. I mean, there's, and this is the thing. When you have enough diverse expressions of something, mm-hmm then it, it allows for it all if one thing's become too dominant then there's an imbalance right and so like now ecstatic dance has a very distinct sound yes this is ecstatic dance and you can take this to, to other things this is what it is mm-hmm. right and and so people start to they they start to contain what was once a free expression to make it sound, because there's a formula to get people into these states. It's very, very easy to duplicate the formula. I can just throw on that day, uh, day of, dove of a track and it's over. Everybody's up there. Get, get one person screaming. Everybody's going to scream. Just keep the tempo up there because that's where we got to keep it. But then it dilutes everything and it takes away from the freedom. And so um, and back to the, the aspect of balance, you know, I'll just come through and disrupt. If everybody's all light, 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 I'll be like, hey, look at the dirt over here. If everybody's all dirt, 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 oh, man, that cloud is beautiful right there. <laughs> just to, to balance it out a little bit. And in doing that, of course, somebody who's all light, 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 they got a problem with the dark. If somebody's all dark, 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 they got problems with the light.
2: It's an interesting balance. I remember when I was working with you, you giving us the assignment at Ecstatic Dance since it's a topic of standing and the only rule was I can't dance. Were you there that day? No. Oh, man, this is a practice for you. It would be amazing <laughs> to have you do it. But for me, it was an amazing practice because I'm so over-hyper, right? Like, it's like, for me, it's like, oh, but the music's playing. The girls are dancing. I'm like, I'm ready to go. And I had to, yeah, like, I, th- I think I'd be fine with that. I do that at Ecstatic
1: Dance. and then I just stop. Or I sit and meditate in the middle of the, like, uh, in the eye of the stone.
2: Yeah. Well, I was, like, right in the center of the room, like... Vroom. And it was so interesting for me. It was such an amazing, and I, I, oh yeah, I remember actually. Were you yeah, there that yeah, day? Yeah, I was like, what's happening to Lawrence? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was, it, I took on so much and I got to see people and mm-hmm. what I, by listening to you, I also got to see myself, like the other versions of myself that I normally don't get to see, very rarely get to see. And the, the Ubud on T is giving me an opportunity as we like watch the playbacks of the episodes and I'm like, oh, I'm that guy. Yeah. Ooh reminds me of my first ecstasy trip in the mirror. <laughs>
0: like,
2: ooh everything i hate about other people is in my reflection. What i wanted to bring up is identity. And it seems to me that part of your work as like i mean you're not a coach necessarily or maybe you could call yourself a teacher i don't know exactly how you would identify yourself but whatever the work is i'm feeling is about having people dissolve their identity and then choose consciously who they're going to be as they step forward how is that something that like how does that is that satisfying when you see that is it i'm sure it's many things can you speak to that um it
0: it is it's like for me it's not necessarily a thing about Something to bring satisfaction, um, and more of just a means of being able to to navigate different situations, because different situations call for different hats, so to speak, mm-hmm. uh, different energies to be brought forth. You know, in one context, um, just using an elemental example, in one context, fire is necessary, and bringing that fire. Another context, water is necessary. Another context, just be earth and just be still with it. You know, so to be able to unlock oneself from saying I'm this and just attaching to this. Because a lot of us got to this I'm this, but really it's actually your parents, it's your school, it's the religion you may have been a part of or still a part of, it's all these other things that have been saying this is who you are. And so the tendency is to believe that this is who I am. But if one can strip that away, And say, okay, like to really take the time to look at look within and say, okay, what what from my history that was put into me is really what I feel and is truly part of the core of who I am. If if one feel does that inner work and and can find that and says, yeah, this this is cool, then one can retain that. If one discovers that there are certain things that this has been a big block to my progress, this obviously ain't me. So can I clear this out, and in clearing that out, that opens up space to discover who one truly is. You know. Now, ultimately, if we we're going to go to the to the real, real micro, simultaneously see the macro, hmm. then we're every the everything and nothing. We're all the all is one. We get back to that, but not in the cliche sense of oh, everything is one. Hey, we should just. No, but experientially, experientially, to move into that space where all those things dissolve away. Mm. I'm no longer from this country. I'm no longer born unto this family. I'm no longer, you know, um, holding this concept about how life should be. I'm no longer. In, I'm just total in total beingness. And then, what happens after we reemerge from that state? Right. Of course. Part of the spiritual progression is to have that state become more of where the the consciousness is being rooted as opposed to these things that aren't really real, that are temporary, because as soon as this flesh goes, then who are you? If I've been identifying with uh, my country of origin as who I am, everything associated with that country, I'm like, okay, I'm doing this because this is because, because, because. And then I lose the physical body. I'm gone. I'm no longer in this form. Am I still from that place? Am I still that? Is that informing my existence now? Nah. I'm in the I'm in the form of a a physically a man. When I die, when this dies and I'm in the essence that is animating this and I have the ability to shape myself as I see fit, it will be very, very clear that I'm not really a man. I'm just in this space of being one for this particular duration of time but now if I identify with that then all of my experience are going to be rooted in that if I say I'm a man then everything is going to be this polarity thing of I'm a man and whatever I believe that to be fire men don't cry you feel me all of that you know if I'm a woman oh everything is related to being a woman everything everything woman I'm just constantly looking at things in terms of masculine and feminine so I can align with the feminine Mm -hmm. is that who you truly are though because again Once you your physical is going to die, it is going to die. You are one day not going to be in the form of a woman or a man, trans, whatever you're identifying with, you're not going to be in that form. Who are you then? So for for me, it's cultivating that awareness and bringing my consciousness there. And then allowing that to be infused in what is being done.
1: Yeah, that, That's amazing, and I don't know if it's part of your journey, but it's, f- for me, I like uh, sometimes experiencing plant medicine for that. And the word you put in in it is very close to an experience I would have on plant medicine, around identity, with stripping away everything, almost, almost feeling like a dissolution and a death and then coming back into the the game the, the lila, the this reality and seeing which part of that identity i might keep because it serves me and and that's where i'm at now in that body of a man for example sure. and which one really don't serve me so i mean I've, i find it fascinating that the thing around identity and make me think of, of some of my experiment experimentation with with uh, the plants for example and the way you spoke to it was, was reminding me of that.
0: Like the, the ecstatic dance of just standing there again, right? Yeah. How you were saying how, um, prior to that, you were just fully
1: it was, animated
0: energy yeah. going and moving and blah, 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 blah. and to now be on the total opposite end of the spectrum of that, you know, and, and why I did that, I can just explain. Like the reason for that is, one, that we do not have to follow the wave and the dictates of what's going on in the environment. That we do have a choice in that, right? Two, that whatever we think we're supposed to be doing, we have a choice in that, <laughs> right? Three, we can be on the total opposite spectrum of who we think we are. And if we're doing that, it's proving that we're actually not that.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Nor
0: are we that yeah. where we're at now. That we are the spectrum. And depending on what is being presented, we have a choice, which is ultimately coming down to the, the essence of it. That we have a choice and what we do in different situations. Right? And The progress of us opening up and and the inner work, as people will say, or the process of self-discovery, is really getting back to that choice because we grew up not having the choice. We grew up being indoctrinated into things, Mm -hmm. and this is this is part of that process. Is say, okay, I'm going to do what what is not expected, whether self-expected or expected from the external environment, and then once that is taken place and felt and you feel what that feels like then it's like okay i can step into it i can not step into it i can contribute in this way i can contribute in that way and now it's more of a natural space of what is being called to be contributed not a an externally dictated that you're supposed to do this
2: do you still have experiences where you are conscious that you have a choice yet it starts to come on and like marinate within you like in relationships sometimes it's like i know better than this but i'm getting frustrated if you have experiences like this what do you do in the moment to be able to shift and move back into like this dissolve
1: Just take mm-hmm. a deep breath. Yeah, that, that's, in, the- th- that's actually interesting to put it in context. Also, we just had uh, a guest before called Daniel Wynn, mm-hmm. and we talked about emoting. Yeah. And when you're angry, for example, like the punching a pillow or something. And and what I was discussing about is is for me personally that sometimes if I'm angry, I can punch the pillow and. and have it out of my system that way or sometimes i feel maybe i just want to sit with it and breathe into it rather than because the risk is to fuel it also so i find it interesting to have kamaona that you asked this question and i wanted to bring that context
2: yeah that's awesome that's beautiful the way that you related it i've seen him in i've seen you in a situation like that um, with somebody that was unhappy with the situation and i was like wow Watching come out because I also saw your vulnerability in that situation yet. I also saw the stillness in the breath that you just showed right now And to speak to you mm-hmm. what's interesting alex and I in the last few weeks have been doing Kundalini yoga together And I mean, I'm <laughs> in a yoga world. So kundalini's not new But I've never done it consistently and one of the they call it kriyas is we like for 15 minutes are like this Sure and breathing whoosh, Anyhow, it's ridiculous, at least like visually for a lot of people who don't know what it is. I'll stay like this until you, the end of the
1: podcast. Yeah, you, <laughs> awesome,
2: straight on those elbows. Um, but one of the things that I've gotten from this, is to speak to your point, is the teacher speaks to transmute the pain. Yeah. And that's not something that I was able to do before, but by consistently practicing this, I'm like, and then I literally experience the electricity moving towards my transmutation towards manifestation hmm. and whether it's just up here or not i have seen how it has shifted me hmm. yeah yeah i mean there's so many different modalities
0: that are geared towards um transmuting whatever needs to be transmuted so much often it's anger sadness grief these different things um, but there are many modalities and and different um, teachers provide these different opportunities because that's what they are, is just opportunities. And it can be something from that, And which is funny because it's very similar to the exercise that I do in dance class, mm. just a different approach, and, and but similar. Qigong exercises also, I know you're into Qigong, sometimes you keep a form sure, like this. Sure, sure. Um, all of it is to turn the awareness inward, to allow the processes that happening Energetically, to come to the forefront and do what the body naturally wants to do is just be in harmony with itself. Right? So, all these different things being done to provide that opportunity. And with, like, for example, the, the anger, you know, and, and it also comes back to meditation as well. So, there's the, the dynamic things that are being done, but there's also just the subtle of just be, just move into that space of being able to be and allow. Because what that's gonna do is it's gonna create that, that stop gap. It's gonna widen the time between an emotion rising and it hits the fullness of your being. There's a little thing, so there's choice in that. You know? And I often will say to folks that, you know, that that reaction, that word reaction, if you just take that C and place it in the front, it becomes creation. Mm. You know? mm-hmm. So you gotta see first, <laughs> you know? and you'll be able to create within a situation. So if one is consistently breathing and cultivating the ability to just take a deep breath, to allow that deep breath to be sustained, then when those situations come up, then they're easier to, to deal with because the, that energy that is there, it's not about pushing it away. It arises, but it doesn't dominate. The, the, emo- the emotion doesn't take over one's expression. One can still be in their conscious mind, recognizing the energy is there Mm -hmm. but being able to to keep it from making the to keep it to keep it from grabbing the reins and making the decisions of what to happen next Mm -hmm. right which is what most people don't know how to do so when that anger arises then it's just boom and it goes everywhere punching a pillow is great that's a way because the energy can be released if you can't transmute it then you want to release it otherwise it's going to get stuck somewhere and all kind of other problems arise. So that's great, but that's also temporary. There's so much going on, and there's not always pillows around, right? Yeah. So we want to be able to to learn different ways yeah. in order to transmute the energy when it does arise, and then over time in practice, then it doesn't arise. Yeah, Because for me, the practice is, is great to be able in a situation where someone is... And moving into anger and projecting it on to, to move into the space of compassion because that person is, it's not me, you know, or anybody else. It's whatever happened somewhere else that just got triggered, you know, just popped up and is now being projected. Yeah. And or, that,
1: and yeah, that, that's beautiful because I feel you're really an embodiment of that. And, um, and it's interesting, as you said, I think there's different modalities, and I joke sometimes you can see what people practice, like kundalini people, for example, in general, they'll have super high energy, but they're more like, a, that kind of energy. <laughs> you, Kamau, sometimes I say to me, you are Qigong. It's like when I see you in your daily life, right? which is what you want, is not to be Qigong during your practice, but in everyday life and keeping that calm. And um, yeah, I mean, that's that's beautiful achievement in a way to, to sustain that, uh, that state and that's very inspiring
0: that's Bless. Sure. and ultimately this is about the embodiment of whatever we have said this i flow with this mm-hmm. to be able to bring it so there again there is no division between with the, that quote-unquote practice time and life because it's all the same
2: mm-hmm. you know? yeah I was watching somebody heavily criticize me with with anger once upon a time and I remember I went into, this is so interesting, because we had Sophia on with human design and as a manifesting generator, I'm not supposed to explain myself. Basically, it's like not supposed to defend myself, um, according to that. And also, we, it came up with the Daniel podcast earlier, too. Um, but Kamau just, as this woman was flooding me with her emotions, and I was like, but excuse me, like, that's not exactly what I said. Like, I was going down that route, and I was like, you don't have to say anything. You gave me permission to not say anything. And I didn't have the ability or capacity to just, like, in that moment. I had to go in a moat. Um, but it does bring me back to that moment of, and all the things that came up today, of, like, just, like, learn to transmute that that intense amount of energy that's moving through my body.
0: Yeah. And interestingly, what was the piece that got
2: created from that energy? Yeah. Right. Yeah. It was a beautiful piece. It was a beautiful experience that has definitely shifted me. Yeah. So there's a lot of gift mm. out of that. Hundred percent. Thank you for speaking to that too. Sure.
0: Because I'm, I'm, what we're dealing with is just energy, all of it. Yeah. All of it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's it can be used in a creative way. You know, it doesn't have to be uh, destroying someone else. Again, there's times for destruction, but ultimately if we choose to it can be a creative force even those difficult situations if we can step into the position to see it as such right mm-hmm. and if we're able to to navigate life like everything that is taking place is just an opportunity to step to another phase of of, of knowledge of self another stage in the awareness of self the expression mm-hmm. of self the being of self yeah. and then when these different things come up um, the energy is all there, but nothing gets clung. Nothing gets clung on to. It's allowed to become something else, and then you know it's easier to navigate. You know, sickness doesn't come on as much. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, we can we can forgive a lot easier, and we can be forgiven a lot easier because mm-hmm. we're not just like oh, it must be this way. Oh, this reality being presented right now is not exactly how I want it to be therefore everybody else is messed up and i've got it and if everybody else just gets right it'll be all good it yeah. doesn't no? it doesn't go like that what's coming
1: I, 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 and just i want to raise about the one hour yeah yeah we're gonna i was gonna i was gonna say come
2: out you might have something that you might want to share with us today maybe a piece so that's something that we might do now Yeah, maybe a piece (laughs) piece of And If you have something like a poem or just something you want to share with us, (laughs) we had prepared you. So if you're still into that, and um, and I have one question. Sure. And the question is, our signature question of, what is normal in Ubud, that in the rest of the world or in any other place would just be considered weird and out there.
0: What is
2: normal in Ubud?
0: That would be considered weird and out there, and other in other places. Yeah. Hmm. <sighs> that <I don't> know, <laughs> this may be on on the same block, let's say, on the same strip. You know, in every city, town has a strip. You can have the most vegan restaurant in the world right here. Raw perfectly organic all that stuff right across from there you can have you know a Bobby guling spot which is fully pork roasted food turning over here go down a little bit you have a very beautiful yoga shala people practicing yoga just go down another way there's somebody some people in the room with their arms spread open going "Ah," doing doing that who would (laughs) do that go down the next room you have people in total you know, peace, just sitting in silence, sipping on tea. Go down a little bit further, people are dancing their whole life out. <laughs> Go down a little bit further, people who are cultivating, you know, um, magic in some way, they're playing with crystals or <laughs> learning spells <laughs> or something like that. Yeah. And then imagine- Go down another way, they got people who, you know, are trying to, you know, uh, play out their I don't know, their sexual fantasies and, <laughs> yeah. and keep going down and you yeah, have people, people totally beating a pillow. yeah, people beating a pillow. You, you got people totally dedicated to the upliftment of the planet. Go down a little bit further. You got people who are totally into you know, the connection with the rivers and the mountains and offering and being in service to life. Go down a bit further. You got people who just want to make everything harmonious for, for other beings. Go down, you got someone who's totally lost their shit <laughs> and this is like doesn't know where they're at and can't you know you know can't find their center and then go a little bit further you got someone who's been centered for like 50 years mm-hmm. you know you got all this in like this very small square radius yeah. and we, we call that a, a Monday uh, a mon- <laughs> we, <laughs> we call that a Monday, Monday. New <laughs> you know it's not for me it's not any I've been on a lot of places I've seen a lot of things it's not any just like one thing oh that's here that's not I've seen a lot of things in other places the yeah. same but the collage of it all in such a small space mm. is what is, is rare.
1: And that relates a bit to the question of what human design would, would be and why it was mm. so hard to decide one. It's because the collage. Yeah. Mm.
0: Yeah. So I would say that it's the collage of, of all these different elements mm. coming together in such a small place that is uh, that's very
2: unique. So here we are. At the Dragon Temple Tea House. This is your environment. Mm. This is the mic that's clipped on to your kimono. Mm. (laughs) Um, It's going to be interesting to see as I invite you and create the space for you to do come out. Be come out in a performance piece. Okay.
0: Um, I was saying I'll share something that um, I haven't shared. That is... Um, it came up, and it came up on my Facebook memories, and I was like, "Oh yeah, this spot, this piece. I like this piece." Though it's, I'll have to show it to you. You can read it afterwards. I mean, the audience okay. can't, but you guys can read it just to see how it's written, because how it's written plays a part in it. It was written, it was more literary than vocal, but I'll vocalize it. It's called archetypes. Like arg, 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 arg,
2: That's
0: a yawn. <laughs> Empowerment, embodiment, and boogeyman. Toroidal yin yangsters' paradise. The soul strip searching. Infinite love knocking. Ma'at whispering clearly in the heart. He art here together to get her. Understand the poetry of silence and realize there is nothing to get. That's a genderless salute. Agendas, poof! Magical beings will weigh that shit. Old dirty baggage weighed against a feather will always plummet. Amit munching. Game over. Insert coins. Nine, eight, seven, six, five, four. History holds a battle above the neck of now. Mm-hmm. Off with his head, screams the queen bitch equals a king of sorrow clapping. Who can accept the hands they were dealt and love anyways? All cards thrust on the table, who be loved anyways? The entire court is clapping with puckered lips and pucker faces. All praise due to the gray hair and the Outer expression, inner harmonious. Who be love, anyways? Mm. (laughs) Hmm. Yeah, so that's a little one. (laughs) I like to. Yeah, just just to see a little bit. I'll show you real quick just because see there's elements in here that are just what well, is wordplay that is
1: okay maybe we we'll can't, really, we'll can't really, shot on the can't really at not
0: really translate that I'll, maybe i'll I'll try that one day just to see how would i say this like vocally mm-hmm. <laughs> i tried anyway mm. that's that is that on it. one
2: page
1: yeah we can we can share it
0: yeah i'll yeah. send it i'll send it
2: to you and you can cool. see what you okay. can do with it thank you we have a little Thank bit you. more tea, and how we usually close the show is our guest slurps the tea as, as slurpy as possible. Ah, slurp. I hope it's hot enough for it to be useful for you to slurp. <laughs> is that just me, or are we slurping together? Just what is you? that? Just it's me? you, bro. <laughs>
0: okay. Can I, can, you, can I get a sample of this? Maybe I'll put it in a song, so I'm just like... <laughs> no, for sure. Let's see, let's see. You're all watching, like... We'll look away. My, my slurp technique... <laughs>
2: It's not a competition, but that was the all-time best.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not a competition, but you're winning. So <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much. Thank you, thank you and all. Thank, thank you, you, Lawrence. Thank you, Alex. Thank you to the people who listen. Don't forget to like, subscribe on YouTube, you on iTunes, on Spotify, thank on Instagram. If you like the episode, you can screenshot also share on Instagram. Put at Ubud on Tea and. What's what's up for you, Kamal?
0: How can I uh, on Instagram Kamal Abayomi. Kamal, where are we at? Kamal Abayomi. Um, that's all of it. It's the same. There's also uh, Tuluvi Arts, which is the offerings that myself and my wife that we share. Uh, so yeah, Hala There's a variety of offerings that are available. <laughs> Just Hala Yeah.
2: Awesome. Thank you. That was awesome. So Thank good. you. Energize, mm. thank y'all.
0: Peace. Double it up like this, right? Okay, so Namaste, mm. then we go qigong. and then we just you know bro it up. for <laughs> uh-huh. bro. It. No, it's cool. Good. Cool. And you got the cool e chain. Cool e chain. Twenty four. Return it. Get the return in. What's it's the twenty four? The return
2: hmm. the return at 15 was harmony modesty. modesty modesty this is the return yeah so this is so what does that mean the return like well it depends on your query <laughs> so okay Ching, so you, you would have a query in your mind or a
0: question in your mind and then toss the coins and